I'll give it a. I'll, I'll it watch a, it. I'll give it a try. I'd buy that for a dollar. I'll, wa- <laughs> I'll watch it, but I reserve the right to turn it off like ten minutes in. Yeah, um, only because McG is involved. If they would have cut that trailer together and not said from McG, I would have been one hundred percent into it. I would have been like, yep, yep. this is going to be crazy. <laughs> this is gonna be- but as soon as I saw that, I was like, yep. Even if it was like Eli Roth or something. Honestly, Eli Roth doesn't even hold it for me anymore. Did you see Knock Knock? No. With Keanu Reeves? No. Don't. Oh, I I thought like I read good things no, about it. It was terrible. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. About like the two girls that show up and basically That's an like, Eli Roth movie? Yeah, he directed it. Really? Uh-huh. I thought his last directorial thing was... Uh, the Green, Green Holocaust. Or no, Green they did. They did. It. This was after that. Oh, and it's terrible. Oh, and then he's got something else. He that produced I, that clown movie. I heard that was interesting. But did you hear the story about that clown movie? Uh huh. Okay, so what it was was the guy who directed it put out a fake trailer on YouTube uh-huh. that he had just made. Like he directed the trailer, and it was that clown story, and it was basically just. The first trailer you got, it was kind of that. Right. But then at the end of it, he put on the YouTube video directed by Eli Roth. So it would like it gain all this hype. And it gained all this hype. And then Eli Roth saw it and was so impressed by it. He, he reached like, out to the guy and this was like, movie. he's like, I'll produce this movie if you really have it. If you really want to do it. He's and like, you got like, my attention. Yep. Yeah, and they did it and That's they amazing. released it through. Like, it's on Netflix. We need right to now. do that and just start slapping big name directors. <laughs> Directed by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> directed, directed by Peter Jackson. The new Quentin Tarantino. Directed by McG. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Knock Knock was his latest or his later or latest. Um, but do you know what his next one is? Eli Roth. Yeah, I do. The Death the Death Wish remake <laughs> with Bruce Willis. Have it looks bad. It looks laughably bad. And that's the thing. Uncomfortably bad. Yes. And it's a weird climate to make that movie in. It's a terrible idea. Yeah. It is a terrible idea to make a movie about a white male vigilante that goes out and, without regard for human life, kills people that he just feels deserve justice. And the worst part is, in the trailer, it shows him pulling up to some... Uh, African American, the 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 uh, ice cream man, right? And he said, "Who are you?" He's like, "I'm your final customer." And then he just wastes them openly on the street. And I was like, "Wow, this is not brave. This no. is dumb. <laughs> this is like a- what studio executive was like. You know what? Just good idea. Just go back and watch the Charles Bronson one. Or if you just really need something different, go back and watch the Kevin Bacon one." Oh, right. Which which wasn't bad. Weird, interesting story about that. Do you know the basis of that movie? I mean, I know it was directed by James Wan. Okay, but no. Uh, well, yes, it was. But what I'm talking about is Death Wish, the Charles Bronson movie yeah. from the 70s, uh-huh. was based off of a book called Death Wish. Uh-huh. The book was very tongue-in-cheek satirical saying vigilantism is not a good way to be. Right. The movie was very praising toward it. So the author of Death Wish wrote a sequel to Death Wish called Death Sentence. Hmm. Which is that Kevin which Bacon. Which is Death Sentence. Yeah, which is the Kevin Bacon movie. Got it. Because Death Wish 2 with Charles Bronson did not use that book at all. They just kept making vigilanteism great. So Death Sentence, the Kevin Bacon movie from like three or four years ago, yeah. is based off that second book in that series from the 70s. Interesting. I didn't know that yeah. at all. 
So it's supposed to be the Charles Bronson character from Death Wish. Technically. Interesting little tidbit for you there. That is weird. Is it also a backdoor sequel to Stir of Echoes? I hope so. I think Hollow Man's the prequel. Oh, shit. And just somehow, some... Tremors. Which, <laughs> just because? <laughs> yeah. Which I'm totally, by the way, going to watch for my horror movie marathon. Do it. Yeah, do it. So speaking of horror movies, this is perfect. Yeah. We've literally been camped out in this haunted house all night long. We've been having conversations with ghosts. Uh, we've had some ghost candies. I got possessed a couple times. I ate some booberry cereal. What? Yeah. You didn't shit. I didn't even know you had that. You were possessed at the time, in my defense, and sort of crawling around on the ceiling. So I had booberry. Listen, no amount of possession <laughs> can ever overwrite the need for booberry cereal. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I think we have some Count Chocula in Thank the kitchen you. if you want some. It's just not the same. <laughs> it's fine. It's just not the same. You can go to hell. I was there. <laughs> Event Horizon. Ooh, uh, I should have watched that one, too. You should. That, is that a horror movie, though? It's pretty Space hor horror? It's pretty horrific. And they do kind of go to, like, space hell. They go to hell. No, no, not space hell. Just regular hell. Just hell in they general? They just go to hell in general. They right. go to, like, Hellraiser hell. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're here in this haunted house. To do another stuff, too. Yeah, because we needed... Well, we're kicking off our Halloween celebration month. Halloween-tober. Yeah, I think that that's... Spook-tober? Well, that's the ABC Family one. High-five-tober? High-five, yeah. High-five-tober. <laughs> five-tober. I don't like any of that. High-tober. High Halloween celebration month. Can we just... Let's just do another stuff, too, anyway? Yeah, why not? Other stuff, too. Moody and stuff. stuff. I love your stuff. Weird stuff. Sensitive stuff. Taxing stuff. Evil stuff. Pimping little stuff. Heavy stuff. Big boy stuff. Super cool stuff you wouldn't understand. You know, if this creepy little girl doesn't go away and let us record in peace, I'm just going to pack up our stuff and we'll leave. If you call me a little girl one more time. <laughs> well, if you would stop dressing like one of the twins from The Shining every time we go to record this. I'm dressed like both of them. <laughs> That's true. It's really weird. You just kind of stitched two dresses together. Around me. Right. And one arm is the one girl. It's odd. And I've got their faces on my hands. Right. <laughs> They're just like little Topo Gijo. <laughs> Come Sarai. play with me. Sarai. Sarai. Satellite. <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> Red rum. Satellite. Uh, satellite. <laughs> I know podcasters can't see that I'm doing the hands on either side but, of the microphone, but I is. am, and they're talking to each other. Satellite. Red rum. Satellite. <laughs> there is no J, Mr. Miss Torrance. <laughs> it's just me, Tony. <laughs> Let's see how many horror movie references we can make that aren't forced somehow. Uh, no. The, well, yeah. to be fair, our entire podcast is pretty forced. <laughs> yeah, somehow. That's what we're known for. They're just like, have you listened to High Five? It's very forced. <laughs> well, that that's, what it, that's what it says on our iTunes description. It just says, High Five, a podcast for people who like movies. It's very forced. We didn't even put that there. Apple added that, and they refused to remove it. They did. It was just there. Who knew that they could just pass critiques Here. on... The front page of our iTunes section. It's a tough crowd. <laughs> it really Should is. have accepted that terms of service. It's fine. Love us. It's very forced. <laughs> so, uh, we're here being spooked, 
getting possessed, talking with ghosts, because we wanted to kick off our spook high five tober Halloween tacular <laughs> <laughs> with discussing ambiguously ended horror movies. Well, or not necessarily just that, but like. I, as you know, love horror movies. What? But if I'm being truly honest about them, a lot of them have plot holes. A lot of them have some misdirection that doesn't work. Some some of them are forced to bring it to tie it back to the theme of the episode sure. to make scares happen, to manufacture scares, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And there are a lot of great, great horror movies and and ones that are worth talking about. But today we wanted to dive into ones that kind of either had to scratch our heads some or definitely on purpose left the end open-ended and see what we can come up with, see what makes the most sense. Yes, and uh, so we've kind of compiled together a list of some questions that that were burning in our souls or lack thereof, uh, and we wanted to discuss them on the show, and we want to know what, what you guys think about them as well. So listen along. But don't forget to tweet at us at, at High Five the Podcast, High the Number Five the Podcast, and let us know like, are these questions that that you were curious about? And if you have your own questions, holler yeah. at us. High Five, ask uh, hashtag Ask High Five. Do it, and we'll answer it on the podcast or on Twitter. Do Maybe it both. So can I throw one out there? Can oh, we go yeah, ahead of course. Just, uh, we have different lists, so let's kind of just, just go back and forth. Proverbial ghost yeah. ball rolling. Right. The phantasm ball, if you will. Ooh, I don't want to throw that I'm back and forth. I'm just going to throw it right at your head. Uh, That's where it wants to be. This one, we'll just kind of, this is a softball. So we'll just kind of lob this one across the plate. And this is something, <clears throat> this is something that I was curious about, and I just want to know your feelings on it. All right. We're going to take it way back. Way, way back to 1999. Ooh. A solid year for horror. Ooh. As everybody knows, that was maybe the most famous year in horror ever. I can't think of a single horror movie that came out that year. The Shi- or the Sixth Sense. The Shining? Yes. <laughs> the Sixth Sense came out in 1999. Okay. And so a good good debut or kind of coming on the scene for M. Night Shalamalam. Shalamalam Ding Dong? Yes. Um, and my question, Although he had one of the better horror movies of this year, but anyway. That's true. Uh, my question is this. So, Bruce will Spoiler alert, everybody, who hasn't seen Sixth Sense, go fuck yourself. This is, <laughs> you have had 18 years to check this movie out. <laughs> right. Ugh. The Sixth Sense came out 18 <laughs> years ago. That's an old red balloon. That is uncomfortable. That is that is uncomfortable. Um, okay, so now that we've decided well, that... We, you, and this is going to be mean, but you can kind of tell, but have you seen Haley Joel Osment lately? Oh, for sure. He is not that adorable a <laughs> kid anymore. Um, so, in this movie, the whole conceit is that Bruce Willis, by the end, you realize... Is dead. Yes, he got shot by a new kid on the block at and the very did beginning. Not of the movie. recover. That is true. He was not hanging tough. <laughs> and Haley he had Joel, the wrong stuff. He did totally. coming out of him. Yeah, whole blood. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> blood. Uh, Haley Joel Osment. We're like, he, baby, come back. He can. Wait, that's not them. To life. Yeah, <laughs> baby, come back <laughs> to life. Um, but Haley Joel Osment can see ghosts, right? Right. And so you realize, thinking the whole movie, that Bruce Willis is Haley Joel Osment's therapist, but it turns out that he's actually just another ghost that Haley Joel Osment 
can see. He's been dead the whole time. Ooh. So here's kind of the weird thing. All of the other ghosts that they do mention in the movie that all of the other ghosts don't know they're dead. Right. Haley Joel Osment, I think, says that. He's like, they don't know some, yeah. anything's wrong. But they show them at various points, and they're all, like, displaying <laughs> super fucked up <laughs> from however they died. So, right, like, there's right, a kid right. who has, like, the back of his fucking head is, like, blown off. Right. Um, there's, like, some, um, I think there's a jogger at one point who's, like, got all, like, fucked up because he got hit by a car. There's something. one dude that's suspended from a noose. Yeah, he's literally just hanging from yeah. a noose. Um, and Bruce Willis got shot in the stomach. Right. And bled out. And was not wearing the outfit that he walks around in all day. So, I have a couple questions. Okay. One, when did he change his ghost outfit? <laughs> because everybody else is stuck in what they were wearing when he died. I don't know why he gets to change his clothes. Two... How come he's not? He doesn't just have like a perpetual fountain of blood, just like coming out of his stomach. I have answers. I actually do have answers for okay. this because those are softballs. I want to know. Okay, so the the clothes things. Yes, he went to Books Brothers. <laughs> nope. <laughs> just picked up. Nope. Some new. Just no. <laughs> J Boo. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, that's better. J Boo. Yeah. yeah, he yeah, went to yeah. J Boo and picked the up limited new Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Banana Republic. Right. Uh, <laughs> that was a good one. Uh no, I was gonna I was trying to make some sort of like uh Forever Twenty One joke, but I couldn't think of it. Not Forever Twenty One. <laughs> yeah. Or I mean Forever Twenty One because you died <laughs> at twenty one. Um anyway, so I he was wearing the same clothes. But not when he died. He was wearing like a he because he was wearing like a sweatshirt or something. So he was wearing like a blue the blue button up. N- no, I'm pretty sure was he? Yeah. He's wearing the same clothes because they show it later at the end when he flashes back. He's huh. laying in bed holding a stomach and he's got the blue shirt on and the khaki oh, pants. Okay. Still, my, my point is still valid because at one point in the movie, he changes into a sweatshirt. He does? I'm pretty sure it shows him like sitting looking through notes in like his university oh, sweatshirt. Ma- maybe. I don't know. Well, okay. okay. I do have an answer for that. Okay. Because also in the movie, Haley Joel Osment says they see what they want to see. Okay. Because that's when he realizes that he hadn't seen the door, the table in front of the door. Right. Because he says they see what they want to see. So if he wanted. They do what they want to do, the yeah. Adams family. Yeah. If he wanted to put on a sweater, he would have just put on a sweater and like he would have ghost fabricated so it. So are we seeing the movie from Bruce Willis's perspective? We so are. are we, d- the audience is Bruce Willis? Yes. Okay. Because we don't see the table either until Bruce Willis realizes that it's there. Uh, and then with the whole bled out thing, uh-huh. I mean, that can also explain if they see what they want to see. But they also showed in the flashback that, like, when he got shot, he fell back. And he was laying on the bed and he, like, lifted up his hands and his wife was like, you're okay, you're okay. And then all the blood was on the back of his shirt. Uh, and that's when he, like, reaches back around and the back of his shirt has been covered with blood. So those are my answers for those. Solid. I like it. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Booyah. Mystery solved. Chalk that up to me being right, I guess. Yeah. Jay crushing it. All right. So I have the next one. And this one is more of just sort of a purposefully ambiguous ending, but I want us to kind of go through the options here. Okay. So the, the movie's the thing. 
Okay. You know, it's, as you know, it's probably my favorite horror movie of all time. Sure. So this is where I want us to start. Okay. But the question is, are, are McCready and Childs at the end of the movie, they're the only ones that survive. Right. So you got Kurt Russell's character. Spoiler alert again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Again, we're good like 30 years out from If you haven't watched movie. this, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um. But, you know, so Kurt Russell's character and then uh, Childs are left alive at the end. Yes. But it's sort of hinted at that they're one or both of them are infected with whatever this thing is. Mm. Where do you land? Do you think it's a dire ending? Do you think like they're infected and they don't get out or they freeze to death? Or do you think there's actually hope at the end of this one? No, there's definitely no hope. They die. Both of them die for sure. Or, or don't die because they're infected. I think this. Oh, that's right. They do. They freeze. Right. They freeze. Yeah. Sorry. I've forgotten about that. Um, so they definitely die for sure. But um, I like to think it it could. And this is kind of a half-assed answer. It could go either way because I think their characters are the type of characters they've been set up through the movie that even if they were infected, they would be willing to sacrifice themselves to keep it from being right exposed to the rest of the world. But they kind of don't trust each other at the end though cuz they don't really want to let each other out of their sight. But I think that's kind of the thing. So they're they're both willing to a sacrifice themselves and b kill the other one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's basically it's this it's a stalemate is what it is. They're like I'm not going to I'm willing to die. Oh, I kind of like, really like the idea of it being a stalemate. Right. I, it's like I'm willing to die to make sure you don't get free. And the other one's like, I'm willing to die to make sure you don't get free. <laughs> and if I was infected, I would know that, you know, I would tell you. Right. Saying that, so I know I'm not infected. Right. And so it's just this ultimate stalemate. So they're just like, fine. And so that's why. Fine. Yeah, I mean that's basically what it is. Like they're just like fuck it. Like <laughs> like I I'm not getting out of this alive. So either way, I know that this thing is staying here. It's staying here. That's such a good ass movie. It is a fucking good ass. The stomach movie. the stomach mouth. Oh man. Is like one of my the creepiest scenes in any Well, and that guy's head that's crawling around with, with like the spider, the spider legs. legs. One, I hate spiders. So yeah, me woo, too. right up there. Fuck that. Yeah. That's right up Kill there on that fire. <laughs> yes. But oh, so good. Yeah. So that's my thought on that. I, I feel like it's just it's a stalemate. I'm completely adopting that thought because I love the idea of it being a stalemate. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Answered. Stamp it. Boom. You got it. That was that was a that brought to you by Q from High Five. <laughs> Trade Five stars. Five stars. I loved it. Boy oh boy oh. Um so yeah. All was. right, so it's my turn? Yeah. All right. Um here's an interesting one. And this is I don't know that we can answer this at all. This is just kind of a fun thing to think about. Okay. Uh this one we're taking this one back to nineteen eighty. Mm. The Shining. Ooh. And my question is fuck is up with that guy in the dog costume <laughs> i actually do have an answer for this okay a couple a couple let me give you some background okay. one it's a stephen king book yes so you know i've read this source material definitely and he kind of talks about this really so that's kind something of. from the book not specifically but kind of now so my first question is this okay. hold on can i just ask you yeah yeah is he giving that dude a blowjob oh yeah Okay, so 100%. for sure, 
for sure the dude's getting a blowjob from a person in a dog outfit. 100%. Well, that that dude is the really rich, like, mob guy. Okay. Like, ran, not ran the hotel, but, like, was, like, the guy. The the head of the hotel. Yeah, he was the, I think he was the head of the hotel. Yeah, and he was just, like, really depraved. Okay. And so I forget his name right now, but basically the way I think of it is the hotel, when you die in the hotel, the hotel basically collects evil. Okay. And it subsists on evil and then, you know, and kids like Danny with The Shining give the evil spirits power. Okay. But what the hotel does is it traps you in your worst embodied form, basically. So this rich guy, this depraved guy, killed a whole bunch of people in this hotel. He obviously died there, too, so he's trapped there. I believe that that guy in the dog costume was someone he was demeaning in life. Okay. And so he's basically now trapped for eternity as this guy's, like, inhuman sex slave. Gross. As, like, the worst form of punishment ever. That sucks. That's that's really what I believe is going on. I mean, I'm into it. That is that sucks though. Like that what a shitty shitty fucking way to spend eternity just blowing this dude in a fucked right. up dog bear costume. Well, it's just like what's more demeaning than being forced to be not only in the dog costume but like on your hand like walking around on your oh, hands yeah. and knees for eternity. And a little, like I said, a little bit of that comes from the Stephen King book and how he describes some of the evil in the hotel. Right. Um, I wanted to say like Howard Marsden, but I don't remember his exact, the rich guy's name, but he would throw these like lavish parties and it would be like costume parties and everybody would be dressing up and stuff like that would happen. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I'm into so they're it. all just trapped in eternity like that. And in this guy's case, his suffering is having to blow this dude forever <laughs> right. while being demeaned in a dog costume. Yep. Damn. Damn, Stephen King. You scary. <laughs> yeah, fuck. You ain't pulling no punches. <laughs> Who are you going to call? <laughs> Ghostbusters. All right, go ahead. Okay. Well, let's do this. Let's stick with The Shining. Okay. Because there's another kind of ambiguous part of The Shining, and it's the ending. Oh, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. so uh, for everyone who spoiler alert, Jesus, I'm not going to say that anymore. All these will be spoiler alerts. I'll keep saying it. Um, so now are know, we talking book ending? No, mini series ending, ending, movie ending. Kubrick ending. Okay, so Jack freezes to death. Yep, in, in the, the maze, maze. Uh-huh. and then the, there's panning shot. There's a beautiful panning shot through the hotel, uh-huh. and it lands on a picture uh-huh. of like the governor's ball from 19. 19- 50 whatever Uh or 30 or something Uh and it zooms in and jack is in the painting yeah so it's a picture so yeah yeah picture sorry what's going on with that oh i i got that was he there the whole time no i at least i interpreted it thusly from the first time i saw this movie that was you know what's funny that you say that that I've seen this question pop up a lot. People are like, I don't understand the ending or like it feels ambiguous upon first watching. I have never thought that it felt ambiguous. I immediately thought I got what they were trying to say, which Uh is that once you die, you become a part of the hotel. So it right. Kind of like the dog costume, right? It's the easiest way 
from a filmmaking standpoint to relay to the audience that Jack is now a member of this collected ghost family that is forced to live inside the hotel without having to do some weird exposition or a very costly special effect of having all of these ghosts appear and Jack be with them. Right. Instead, it leaves this unsettling lingering on the image of Jack being in this party. And I think there is one point, doesn't it say like, you you've all like the bartender says to him that he's always been here. Well, that that to me, and that's what I was actually going to bring up because this is another one of the movies I've seen this movie probably twenty times. Uh-huh. There is a part earlier in the movie where he says something like, "I'm the caretaker," and you're right. The bartender says, "Sir, you've always been the caretaker." Right. So that to me almost throws a wrench in that idea at the end to basically be like. The hotel always draws the same soul back to it to be the caretaker. Yeah, I feel to like... To kill them over and over and over again. Like, he's being reincarnated, and then the hotel draws him back. Yeah, I just... I feel like... I don't know that I would go that far with it. I don't even know that it was that deep. I think it was genuinely... I And the, honestly, the first time I watched it, I have the insane, same exact interpretation. And that's the way I lean as well. But it's that one line of you've always been the caretaker. But I even take that as just... I even took that line as just... Like um, you're doomed? Yeah. Kind of like... Like you don't have an option or... Or whatever, you're not in charge of you. Yeah. The hotel's in charge of you. And I think it also <laughs> means like people like him. I don't know that right. it necessarily means him specifically, but he's just meaning like the caretaker in general is always a part of the hotel. Right. And because I mean the guy before him killed his family with an axe. Right. 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 And so That's th- where the twins come from. Right. So I think it's more of just a statement of like there's always a caretaker. Like yeah. you've always been a part. We always like, get that. Caretaker. You're going to be here with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, and in the afterlife, your life has eternity. been leading up to this moment. Yeah. Well, like, a, or it's almost like foreshadowing. Cause in the afterlife time is irrelevant. Right. And so the bartender knows he's going to die, which means he knows he's going to be part of that afterlife. Which means he exists outside of time. And the bartender already kind of knows it. And I would take it that way too. Absolutely, yeah. but I I would say for me that ending is less ambiguous and right. more more so. I think it's just the way that Kubrick chose to communicate right. to the audience. That, well, and everyone always thinks Kubrick has eighty seven levels. But and and don't get me wrong, and he does usually. <laughs> Kubrick is a genius. The amount of layers that have been given to The Shining over the years, I feel are oh god, I feel the hate already well enough nah. of people are unfounded i feel like there is a lot Mm -hmm. but i feel like people have also projected oh my goodness have you seen um the documentary 237 i one i love it sure but two but it it goes it personifies so far off the rails as far as like it would it would it posits basically that kubrick would have to be in insane levels of obsessed with this movie (laughs) To make it. And I've seen behind the scenes footage. And the set felt a little (laughs) loosey-goosey to have like, 
well, you see there is a can in this one scene that is positioned to the left, and the left means that Jack is going to die, and Jack's going to die because it's an ancient Indian burial ground ritual of putting cans on their left-hand side. It's and, just, and, the, and the pattern in the carpet matches up exactly with the old teepees that they used to unite right. the, the body. It's just like there's so much that's like, no. Like, yeah. I believe that he does a lot, and he he was very metic- meticulous about his story planning, his plot structure. He was very meticulous about his sets and set design and wardrobe, but I think it, it kind of ends there. Right. I think – I don't know that he was literally on set every day because uh, there'd be no way these actors could do their job yeah. if he was literally like, no, 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 like, I need you in this exact position looking at this exact – thing making this exact facial expression because it needs to mean also 47 other things other than the facial right. expression that you think you're communicating it's just like, i kind of agree with you that's just too complicated doesn't yeah. make sense so i like it so yeah that's it that's my answer for that if, i like it if i had to guesstimate all right moving Close the book on that one moving right along yeah, we're just we're, we're just knocking them out of the park, man. What is this? Like, You're welcome, everyone. Pe- people for years have been debating this shit. And it's just easy. Like, here's the answer. It's coming so easy to us. Here is the answer. Like butter. It is like like weird, thick, oily movie popcorn butter. It's that I. It's not. You know, that's not real butter. It's just, no, it's not. It's just legit oil. Just straight up, just goop. <laughs> just butter flavored goop, and not the Gwyneth Paltrow goop. No, we're talking no. like. Popcorn goop. That is exactly what we're talking. Um, let me see here. Let's got. I say yeah. Give me one more, and I think I've got maybe one more to talk okay. about. And my, my mind will probably go fast. All right. Um, let's see. I think. I'm trying to think for my last one here. I don't know. If you got one, go for it. Because I'm thinking here. I'm, I'm kind of whittling it down. Well, this is this is kind of one that I just want your opinion on. Okay. You've seen American Psycho, right? Yeah, totally. Love that movie. Mm-hmm. The, I'm going to stick with ambiguous endings. Why not? Okay, sure. What, what happens at the end? Does he kill those people? What happens at the end of that movie? Oh, fuck. Man, that's a good one. Because they make it they make it hard to decipher whether or not that it was all in his head or he's actually killing those people. Okay. I can definitively answer this question. You can? Yes. I have to know. Mary Heron, the director of this uh-huh. movie, has come out, and I. The only reason I can answer this is because I, I read an interview okay. from her about this. She posited that it was never her intention to make it seem that there was a possibility that Patrick Bateman was innocent. Oh, so he's killing. killing he's killing people. Right. She said definitively. That he was killing people. Now, to the extent of what he saw, like when the ATM asked him to feed it a cat. Right. That was hallucinated. But he also sees a dude he killed or something. Okay. So, in that same interview, and I think they might have talked to the author, uh, Brett Easton Ellis. Which, the, this is a book I have read and it's fantastic. Um. That it's supposed to be more of a... All the yuppies are the same. Right. And none of them know each other beyond the surface. So the reason that people... like you, It's kind of an unreliable narrator situation. Right. Where even Patrick Bateman isn't aware of what these people's real names are. 
So you can have characters that are on the phone that he like he's talking has, to Travis, but but it's not Travis. It's not Travis because the other person doesn't know Travis, just like he doesn't know Travis. Exactly. And so who he thought was Travis is really Danny. It's supposed to be a commentary on the just real surface level of the eighties of the the surface level obsession that nobody nobody gave a shit about who you are or what you are. It was all about right. your appearance and what you can you know bring to the table. And then, um, you know, there's that scene in that movie, too, where there's the bodies that he leaves clearly in the apartment area. And then he comes back and the bodies are gone. That, they said, was like New York cleaning up after itself. Well, no, it was it was showing the level of that the that the realtors are willing to go through for business to not have their property value decline. Right. That they are so shallow and only concerned about that that they're willing to cover up the murders and basically say to Patrick Bateman like get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. Like we've got it covered. Um that it, the the city just keeps on churning. It doesn't skip a beat. You can murder whoever the fuck you want to, because it ultimately it doesn't matter. Like like money needs to be made. The gears need to keep grinding. You know what I mean? Yep. And like, who cares the mess we make? We'll just take care of. I'm it. glad you read that interview because I, I mean that's how I've always read it. That's how I've always wanted it to be. Right. But I like that it's confirmed. Yeah. So Good for you reading so, that interview. Thank you. And you know I don't read. Yeah. So, I can't. It had uh, pictures. It did. It was a pop-up article. Pop-up. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a Vox up. It it was. Um so yeah, that actually fascinated me cuz I I also that's what I took away from the movie. I never thought that maybe he was just that crazy that yeah. he just hallucinated whatever the book is so much more violent i always took the movie as satire yeah you know what oh like yeah pitch black satire and it I is mean, it's basically lampooning the excess of the 80s yeah. well and, just like the the one of the best scenes in the whole movie is them comparing business cards oh man that's and they're one all exactly the same but they're all not this exactly is, the same this is bone white yeah yeah and, <laughs> and this is crushed eggshell with a with a half centimeter raised airbrush name. Right. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Font something you know, like font Treveca or exactly. whatever. Exactly. So, yeah. He's so, like, damn, that's a nice car. I fucking love that shit. Awesome. Um, so awesome. That's that. Um, all right. And you want gonna, to round us out? Yeah, we're going to end it on a real dumb one. <laughs> okay. Because leave it to me to provide the dumb, the dumb commentary. Um, Halloween. Right? Yeah. The movie or the season? Uh, we're talking about the movie. Okay. Um, so, at one point, Michael Myers drives a car. Yeah. But he's been institutionalized since he was a kid. That's true. Where did he learn to drive? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is a question that's plagued scientists for, for decades. Right. The um, meaning was lost thousands of years ago the answer is that's just an inconsistency with a bad writer (laughs) but but they actually retcon that into the movie because i think the one that he drives a car in i think it was the first one yeah he he drives a car in the first one but like in the fourth or fifth one Uh i think it's the fourth 
they introduce a character that is like been quote unquote watching over Michael Myers his whole life. It's the it's the one that introduces like the cult. Yeah, around uh, Michael Myers, and the dude drops the line is something something I've been watching over him. I even taught him how to drive. <laughs> what? So they try and retcon that one weird plot hole in bad writing. With like, another weird plot hole with, in bad writing? Yes. With like a five down the road sequel. No. I, pr- I promise you it's No, I'm there. just saying oh. I refuse to let them do <laughs> get away with that. Yeah. No. It was just something they needed him to drive. So, so he, he drove. Did. So he did. He watched a lot of TV. There was a lot of Starsky and Hutch on and Dukes of Hazard on at the at the insane asylum. That's ridiculous. That's what insane people like to watch. But I, you know, it makes sense though because every time that Michael Myers went to get into a car, he slid across the hood <laughs> first, and it seemed totally unnecessary. He never rolled down the window. He he just jumped in. Never opened the door. Just yeah. jumped in the he window. He just like grabbed the roof of the car and just whoop, just hopped <laughs> in through the window. Yep. Or slid across the hood to get to the other. And side. And then he burned out. <laughs> It was a real flamboyant way. Of he walks. Driving. He walks slow, but he drives like a demon. <laughs> baby driver. He just like walks. <laughs> Halloween five. <laughs> baby driver. <laughs> he just walks, lumbers slowly. Pepe Le Pew out of the car, closes the door, and <laughs> burns up. Back tires skid in a semicircle in the parking lot. It's just straight up Fast and the Furious. He... Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> And that's not the right on Halloween. <laughs> In your nightmares <laughs> on Elm Street, Fast and Furious Elm Street edition. Elm Street racing. <laughs> so yeah, man, those are good ones. Tokyo no drift. I'm glad. Nope, we're we're done. That is done. Uh, I'm glad that we took the time to answer these questions, and I hope the audience is too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been really fun. Get out. Oh, you know what that means. It's time to talk a little bit uh, more. Get out. Noted. You think we should go? Do we have enough time real quick to tell them how to reach us if they need to? Hey. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Right, perfect. Uh, so we'll make this quick. Uh, if if you have any opinions on any of the answers that we've given to these just uh, historical horror questions, please feel free to reach out to us. You can find us uh, at our website, highfivethepodcast.com. All letters, no numbers. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at just search High Five Colon the Podcast or facebook.com slash high five the podcast. All one, all letters. You can tweet at us at high the number five the podcast and uh you can actually follow us along follow along with me on letterbox as i do my annual uh, this is jr my annual marathon of watching 31 horror movies for the 31 days of the month leading up to halloween so you can follow along with my journey on letterboxd do it it's amazing but also don't forget subscribe to us on itunes stitcher google play music anywhere that you can listen to a podcast and don't forget to leave us a five-star review and a comment if you have a way that we can improve the show or you're just that big of a fucking fan Tell us. Yeah. Let us know. Let the world know. Shout your enjoyment from the mountaintops. And if there are any horror movie open-ended questions or ambiguous things that we that we didn't mention, uh, let us know and we'll answer them on Twitter. Right in. And lastly, send us an email at my5 at high5podcast.com. Do it. 
It's worth it. Now we should probably... Can, or should we leave now? Is it time to go? That would be best. Okay. Well, I, re I really appreciate it. This is a polite, the most polite yeah. ghost I've ever seen. We, we, yeah. Thank you. Sign the guest book on the way out. Well, you know, we should leave him a Yelp. 